0: Hey everyone. It is Thursday, November 30th, and you are listening to the Mo News Podcast. I am Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Moshe has the night off, so it is just me today. As you could tell from my voice, I am still not 100%, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Also wanted to give a shout out to everybody who has been tagging us in their Spotify wrapped lists as one of your top played podcasts. Thank you so much. Uh, I love seeing it and just really appreciate that you're choosing to spend part of your day with us. So so thank you for that. Okay, now to the headlines, the latest from the Middle East an American Israeli hostage released on Wednesday. What is next, though, when it comes to this war to politics? It looks like Wall Street wants anyone but Joe Biden and Donald Trump for 2024. The COP28 climate conference kicks off today as the host country, the United Arab Emirates, is being accused of using the event to promote fossil fuels. What we know about an alleged assassination plot in the United States of a Sikh separatist directed by an Indian government employee. Chuck Schumer, the highest ranking Jewish official in the country, out with a major address on Wednesday warning against anti-Semitism and cautioning progressives and young people against unwittingly embracing it in the name of social justice. There's been a big push for carmakers to go electric, but Consumer Reports says EVs have a lot more problems. And who is the most streamed artist on Spotify? One hint, she did not have a cruel summer. And I will do my best with On This Day in History. Okay, let's start with a quick update from the Middle East. That truce between Hamas and Israel slated to expire overnight Wednesday after a six day pause in fighting. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken arrived back in Israel on Wednesday. Talks, at least as of Wednesday night, are ongoing. The Washington Post is reporting that CIA Director William Burns arrived in Qatar Tuesday for secret meetings with the head of Israel's Mossad and also Qatar's prime minister, all aimed at brokering a more expansive deal between Israel and Hamas. There are expectations that the pause in fighting will be extended for at least a couple of more days. But again, as of this recording Wednesday evening, nothing is official. On Wednesday, Hamas released another round of hostages, 16 total throughout the day, including a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen, 49-year-old Liat Benin, Here is President Biden relaying that news to reporters basically in real time on Wednesday. We've got some very good news to report. Layat Benin is safe in Egypt. She's crossed the border. I talked with her mother and father. They're very appreciative and uh, things are moving well. She'll soon be home with her three children. That's all I have to say for right now. So there are still at least eight Americans thought to be held hostage in Gaza. Also included in Wednesday's release earlier in the day, two women with Russian citizenship said to be a gesture of appreciation for the position taken by Russian President Vladimir Putin when it comes to the war. Also, four Thai nationals were released, one of them describing the conditions of his time in captivity. He said that he ate very little. Sometimes a pita a day. He said he was allowed to shower just once during his entire time in captivity. And he said he was with Israelis who received much harsher treatment than the foreigners than than he did. Sometimes he said that the Israelis were beaten with electric wire. For its part, Israel released another 30 Palestinian prisoners. In this case, most were detainees who were not formally charged with anything. Many were in what's called administrative detention. It's something that Moshe and I have talked about before on the podcast. This group, mostly boys between the ages of 14 and 18, and women. So again, this six-day truce set to expire by this morning, although talks as of this recording are continuing to extend the pause. Now, when and if fighting resumes, Axios is reporting that President Biden has told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that he is concerned about a possible Israeli military operation in southern Gaza, which could lead to significantly more civilian casualties. About two million Palestinians are now concentrated in the southern part of the Gaza Strip after Israel evacuated the northern part as it looked to root out Hamas there. Biden reportedly telling Netanyahu that the way Israel operated in northern Gaza, which included a wide assault and three armored and infantry divisions, cannot be repeated in the southern part of the Gaza Strip because of the millions of Palestinians who are currently there. Now, Netanyahu and other Israeli officials have already said that whenever the pause ends, that fighting will resume and that they are committed to destroying Hamas. Okay, now to presidential politics. It looks like Wall Street wants anybody except Donald Trump and Joe Biden running in 2024. So on the Republican side, you've got investors that seem to be rallying around former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. On Tuesday, the political network founded by the billionaire Koch brothers endorsed Nikki Haley. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon also saying Wednesday. That voters should support Haley as an alternative for the Republican nomination to Donald Trump seeking a second term. Primary voting, we should note, starts in about two months in January. Now, on the Democratic side, billionaire investor Bill Ackman telling Bloomberg TV on Tuesday that Biden should step aside for a new candidate to emerge, saying that he is, quote, clearly past his physical and cognitive peak. And the CEO of a crypto firm, Galaxy Digital Holdings, Mike Novogratz, also telling Bloomberg that friends are urging him to meet with Haley. He has typically donated to Democrats, but said, quote, I'm kind of in the anything but crazy or really old party. I pledge that I would not vote for anyone over 75 years old or even 72 But the question still remains, is this too little too late? Haley still trails Trump by a significant margin. She and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis are pretty much duking it out for second place. And on the Democratic side, none of the big names will get into the race if Joe Biden is running. Uh, Before we get to the rest of the news, a quick word from our sponsor today, I know in my house, we are definitely pressed for time and still want to eat healthy and nutritious meals. So that's where we are very excited about Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Factor can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared and dietitian approved ready ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. And you get to skip the extra trip to the grocery store, plus the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up. And you still get the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. So Factors, fresh, never frozen meals. They're ready in just two minutes. So all you've got to do is heat and enjoy. You can choose from over 35 weekly meals if you're looking for a special occasion meal during the holiday Level up with Gourmet Plus options. They are made with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, and asparagus. And Factor also has lunch to go. Things like grain bowls, salad toppers. They are ready to eat. No microwave required. They have add-ons like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites. There's also these cold-pressed juices that I love, shakes and smoothies. Again, ready in 2 minutes, no prep, no mess. Head over to factormeals.com/monews50, use the code monews50 to get 50% off. That again, that code, monews50 at factormeals.com/monews50 to get 50% off. All right, time now for the speed read from The New York Times. The COP28 Climate Summit begins today in Dubai. It is a United Nations conference that gathers 197 countries and the European Union every year to set international agendas around climate change. As the host of global climate talks that begin this week, the UAE is expected to play a central role in forging an agreement to move the world more rapidly away from coal, oil and gas But behind the scenes, the Emirates has sought to use its position as host to pursue a contradictory goal, which is to lobby on oil and gas deals around the world. This is according to an internal document made public by a whistleblower. And it comes behind a year of record-setting temperatures and extreme weather incidents. If you've been reading climate news, you're going to see a lot about the Paris targets back in 2015 at COP21. 196 countries approved the Paris Agreement to limit global warming to well below 2 degrees Celsius, but preferably to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Now, that's the agreement President Trump left and President Biden rejoined on his first day in office. At least 70,000 participants are expected to attend COP28, including more than 140 heads of state from around the world. Some notable absences, though, including the leaders from the world's two biggest carbon emitters. And I'm talking about President Biden of the United States and Xi Jinping of China. From Axios, an Indian government employee directed a plot to assassinate an American citizen in New York City. This is according to federal prosecutors that are alleging this in a stunning indictment unsealed on Tuesday. The charges brought against this Indian man who prosecutors say was part of the plot threatened to upend relations between Washington and New Delhi. The foiled plot was allegedly led by a senior field officer responsible for intelligence, And it targeted an attorney who advocated for a separate Sikh country to be carved out of India. Canada's government, if you remember, made similar claims around a Sikh separatist's murder in British Columbia that led to a major diplomatic crisis. And it comes as the Biden administration has attempted to improve ties with India, which is now the world's most populous country, as a way to counter China in the region. From NBC News, Chuck Schumer, the highest ranking Jewish elected official in U.S. history, gave a 45 minute speech on Wednesday in which he laid out how Jewish Americans have felt isolated in the last month, calling out recent examples of anti-Semitism in the U.S. and spoke about how trauma that Jews have experienced for millennia is affecting how they feel today. Take a listen. The spike in anti-Semitism we're experiencing right now in America began after the worst instance of violence committed against Jewish people since the Holocaust. The vitriol against Israel in the wake of October 7th is all too often crossing a line into brazen and widespread anti Semitism, the likes of which we haven't seen for generations in this country, if ever. Schumer argued that many Jews in recent years have rallied in support of black and brown lives for LGBTQ rights and against anti-Asian hatred, quote, out of recognition that injustice against one oppressed group is injustice against all. He said, quote, but apparently in the eyes of some, this principle does not extend to the Jewish people. Now, this also comes as a new survey from the ADL finds that nearly three quarters of Jewish college students in the U.S. experienced or witnessed anti-Semitism on their campus since the start of the academic year. The survey found that prior to the October 7th assault, 67 percent of Jewish students reported that they had felt physically safe on campus, whereas after the terror attack, only 46 percent say that they feel physically safe. Meanwhile, Palestinian, Muslim, and Arab students have also described an increasingly hostile climate on campuses, including a rise in people spreading their personal information online, a practice that is known as doxing. From CBS News, electric vehicles have nearly 80% more problems and are generally less reliable than cars propelled by conventional internal combustion engines. This is according to a new report from Consumer Reports. Plug-in hybrid vehicles have an even worse scorecard with an average of almost 150% more problems. By contrast, ordinary hybrid cars are a bright spot with about a quarter fewer problems than gas-powered cars, according to the analysis. Consumers have been slower to adapt to electric vehicles than expected, partly because they are often more expensive to maintain than traditional vehicles and require extra equipment like home electric charging ports, Consumer Reports says, though, this is a story of growing pains, of just kind of working out the bugs and the kinks of this new technology. As for the top 10 automakers ranked by reliability, Consumer Reports says number one is Lexus, followed by Toyota, Mini, Acura, Honda, Subaru, Mazda, Porsche, BMW, and Kia. The five lowest ranking brands were Jeep, Volkswagen, Rivian, Mercedes-Benz, and Chrysler. And finally, from Variety, Spotify has revealed its annual wrapped campaign for 2023, announcing the top streamed artists, albums, songs and podcasts. In addition to rolling out personalized stats for users on the platform, Taylor Swift leads the pack as Spotify's most streamed global artist unseating Bad Bunny, who held the crown for the past three years. Listeners helped Swift surpass 26.1 billion streams worldwide since the beginning of the year in the U.S., and she also netted out as the most streamed musician in 2023 with Drake, Morgan Wallen, The Weeknd, and Bad Bunny lined up behind her. Also worth noting that her boyfriend or alleged boyfriend, Travis Kelsey's podcast, New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey, was the top streamed global sports podcast. And again, a big thank you to everyone who listens to our podcast and has been sending MotionEye screenshots of where we ranked on their list. We really appreciate it. All right, time for On This Day in History. In 1782, you may or may not remember the Treaty of Paris, while well, it was signed on this day in 1782. Britain and the U.S. signed the preliminary articles as part of the Peace of Paris, a collection of treaties that concluded the American Revolution. On this day in 1940, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, stars of the popular I Love Lucy and the Lucy and Desi comedy show, got married in real life. They were married for 20 years and had two children, but the marriage did end in divorce. On this day in 1993, Schindler's List, directed by Steven Spielberg, premiered in Washington, D.C., went on to win the Academy Award for the Best Picture in 1994. And on this day in 1982, Michael Jackson released his sixth studio album, Thriller. All right, that is going to do it for me. Motion i should be back together tomorrow. So thanks for bearing with us this week for some solo podcasts. Again, thank you for listening to the Mo News Podcast. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. It will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And review us in the App Store. And for all the news throughout the day, don't forget to follow the MoSh Instagram account at MoSh M-O-S-H-E-H. All right, everyone, have a nice Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.